Love some bacon on a biscuit and let's go. We're burning daylight. Welcome to the Frontier Freedom Hour with Jeff Hunt. Sponsored by Centennial Institute at Colorado Christian University. Now, here's Jeff Hunt. Friends, great to be back with you for another week. It's a critical show. You're not going to want to miss it. Everything related to Proposition HH we're going to be covering on this show. Welcome. My name is Jeff Hunt. I'm the chief wagon boss of this operation. Joining me in studio, Director of Research at the Centennial Institute, Dr. Tom Longshot Copeland. Not a long shot in life, but he's an actual hunter, so uh, it's a good moniker. He can take that long shot to get that elk. Are you going elk hunting this fall? Is- I am. I managed to grab one of the uh, late season tags uh, oh, for, nice. for cow elk, but... You know, there's a huge report that you know they've they've cut back on the number of uh, elk, uh, deer, and pronghorn uh, tags really? in the state because of how harsh the winter was. So I'm happy I got it. I'm going to have a long shot. <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and it, the wolves are going to affect that too. We, yeah, we've we've done a lot of studies on that. Running the board for us, Michael Geronimo Arpaio. If you're listening to us for the first time, welcome. We cover issues facing the Western United States from a Christian conservative perspective. We're thankful we're not getting all the government we're paying for. (laughs) Um, Joining us on the show is Chris Brown. Chris Brown is the Vice President of Policy and Research with the Common Sense Institute, where he leads the research efforts of CSI to provide insightful, accurate, and actionable information on the implications of public policy issues throughout the state of Colorado. Bottom line, how are the decisions being made by our elected officials actually playing themselves out in the state? And friends, i got to tell you, There's really nobody better out there than the Common Sense Institute to dive into all of these. I mean, I think something over 40 white papers published just in the first six months of this year. And uh, so they're crushing. They cover everything from crime to the economy to homelessness. Uh, I mean, just a wealth of information to help inform our lawmakers. Now, the challenge is getting those lawmakers to actually pay attention. Uh, to the, to their research and not just deliver for special interest groups. But that's another conversation for the day. So we're going to dive into this report they did on Proposition HH. You may be saying Proposition HH. How about Preparation HH to solve all the property tax burning issues that are taking place out there? You're going to get a ballot here in the next few weeks because elections in Colorado last a year, it seems like. And you're going to have two questions statewide on that, Proposition HH and Proposition II. Here's what Proposition HH says. Shall the state reduce property taxes for homes and businesses? Well, that sounds good. Including expanding property tax relief for seniors and backfill counties, water districts, fire districts, ambulance and hospital districts, and other local governments and fund school districts by using a portion of the state surplus up to the Proposition HH cap as defined in this measure. Oh, my goodness. That's even hard for I work in public policy. That's hard to understand. It's very complicated, very colluded. But at the beginning, it sounds very good. Shall the state reduce property taxes for homes and businesses? Well, you would think all of us conservatives would be, yes, let's do that. Let's run out there and, and reduce property taxes, especially after all the property taxes have gone up. Isn't this relief? Isn't this going to be helpful? Like I said, preparation HH to solve all your property tax burning problems. No. Common Sense Institute says no. Centennial Institute says no on Proposition HH 
And Chris Brown has probably done one of the most exhaustive research projects on Proposition HH. Chris, thanks so much for joining us. My pleasure, Jeff. Thank you for having me. All right, so let's dive into this. Uh, on your website, you have both a summary and full report evaluations of the long-term impacts of Proposition HH. Let's start with what it claims to do, and then we'll kind of dive into the problems with it. So what are they arguing? What are they trying to achieve through Proposition HH? Well, yeah, thank you very much again, Jeff. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to diving into different aspects of this measure. You know, as you mentioned on the, off, on the, on the onset, there are a number of dimensions to this legislation that, that voters are going to have to go through. And I just kind of want to put up front, you know, voters can go to our website and, and find the full report as well as a property tax calculator that we developed to be able to show voters uh, the impact of HH on their home, on, on, on property taxes, as well as what I know we will get into on paper refunds over the, at least the next, next decade. So just want to make sure kind of up front, uh, anyone listening can go and find the full report and uh, can visit mypropertytaxco.com to get the full resources. Um, but to your, to your you know, question, it's, I think it's in the title of the measure what HH is, is attempting to do. It is, it is incrementally reducing a portion of the property tax formula. The formula that of how we calculate uh, property taxes includes a statewide assessment rate, and it proposes to reduce that for residential properties, commercial properties, thereby likely reducing property taxes uh, and really reducing the growth in property taxes next year. We estimate that for the median price home, the average homeowner in Colorado, they're facing a 36% property tax increase next year. Under HH, uh, they would see a 26% property tax increase. Now, for anyone listening, they may have done the math on their home and they may actually be facing a 60% increase, a 50% increase. So that's really just a statewide average. And we know some areas are, see, are going to see a much higher increase likely. Now, that is one side of this equation, is the prospect of property tax relief and, and really a, a slowing of the growth in property taxes. The other side of the equation that's within HH is, is the, an increase in the state spending limit under Tabor and a re, thereby retaining future Tabor refunds to increase state spending. So there are two sides to this equation. Our report is titled Proposition HH, The Taxpayer Dilemma, because ultimately voters face this dilemma of, of the extent to which this will lower their property taxes to some extent, but will increase their state taxes in the long run. And that's, that's the trade-off, the fundamental trade-off and dilemma and challenge of wading through this that I think voters have to understand. 
And some of your key findings here, you say any gain in property tax reductions could be outweighed by a long-term pain in state tax increases if Proposition HH passes. The increase in property taxes will be slightly less than under a current law adopted by the General Assembly in 2022, but households could lose $5,119 in Tabor refunds over the next decade. So is it a net loser if 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 they're losing their Tabor refunds, but they're um, also losing on the on the property tax? I mean, is it are they going to lose more money in the long run? You think as a result of this? I think if you play this out, so HH would be authorized just for the first decade, for ten years. It it gives the legislature the ability to extend it for. It's been, you know, uh, uh, to continue it in, in out years, and both in the ten-year window, and certainly if it's extended beyond that ten-year window, for many homeowners, property owners, uh, the the increase in state taxes will be larger than than the reduction in property taxes. Hmm. For some homeowners, particularly higher value property. Owners, so some counties that have relatively higher median priced homes will probably on net over 10 years see a slight, slight, slight benefit on the property tax side. But I think it's a bigger, I think the bigger point for voters to understand is why are we, or why are we being asked mm. to, to pay for property tax cuts? through an increase in our state taxes, whether you net out positive or negative by a couple hundred dollars over 10 years, I think is should be less of the question. And the bigger question is, why are these two things attached? Why are they connected in the first place? And is this really a, a sound, fundamental reform to address the problems we, we have with our property tax system? So I think I think that's the bigger challenge is that we've ever since the repeal of the Gallagher Amendment. Now, you know, we can get into what that was, but that was a formula that that, you know, dictated and guided uh, property tax, annual changes in property tax that to some degree limited growth for property owners, limited growth in property taxes for for property owners, for, for residential primarily. And it had other unintended consequences, but voters approved the repeal of the Gallagher Amendment in 2020 with the prospect, and really, I think at the time, the promise from those advocating for the repeal and putting it before voters that there would be a long-term fix. We knew that the repeal of the Gallagher Amendment would create the problem we have today, which is your property tax bill is directly tied to the growth in your property value. And, and, you know, and that is a, that is a a fundamental challenge that we're, that we are now seeing play out where your value has spiked because of various reasons. We're Uh, talking with Chris Brown, the vice president of public policy and research at the common sense Institute. We're going to continue this conversation. It's all proposition HH. It's on your ballot. So you got to be educated on this. When we return, we'll be right back after these messages. You're listening to the frontier freedom hour.